You're listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8. We are sitting in the studio today, a full studio, if you will. Uh, sitting with me is Brant Nine, our executive leader, Angie Brenneman, our family pastor. And joining us today is Dustin Eby, our high school pastor. And uh, we're excited to have you in the studio today. I'm Chris Knight. And uh, Dustin, you spoke this last Sunday on the topic of patience. And so that's going to be the topic that we're going to handle today here in this podcast. Uh, as we kick off this podcast, though, Angie, you came up with a, a survey that you found online. And so because you found it online, it must be accurate, Correct, right? right. Okay, so let's 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 talk through the survey a, a second here. <laughs> Known as the Curious Bank, Fifth Third Bank wanted to know how insanely impatient our world has really become after having developed new features to give the gift of time back to its mobile banking customers. It commissioned a national survey that revealed a surprising disconnect with nearly 80% of the respondents rating themselves as being patient. But in reality, and here's, here's the list I think is interesting, 96% of Americans will knowingly consume extremely hot food or drink that burns their mouth. 63% do mm. so frequently. That's me. Right. That's you? That's me 100%. <clears throat> Why? Every, every time I eat pizza, I burn the roof of my mouth. I just, I can't wait. But it smells so good. And, and if I get like a, a smoothie or something, and I, I drink it all within like three minutes, Francie will look at me and be like, you didn't even savor any of that, but I went through three brain freezes just to finish it. <laughs> so I burning a, your I mouth have, is like a, a brain problem. freeze. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we were talking about patience today. Actually, Brand, this is about you. Uh, number two here, more than half hang up the phone after being on hold one minute or less. Y'all, this is me. Mm. Like That's I, a tough one. You, yeah. you get in the queue, and they're like, "You're number forty-three in the mm. queue," and I'm like, oh. I, "In my mind, I'm trying to figure out how many operators are on the other end. What's my chances here?" The worst is where they hang up on you. Like, we're sorry, yeah. we're we're done with their whatever, and they just start. They just hang up. <laughs> You're like, "What's going on?" <laughs> You're done. Seventy-one percent frequently exceed the speed limit to get to their destination faster. That's Angie. Yes, I feel like that is way low. Like that's that, I think I it's, like that should be in the 90s. Right. Yeah. And it really hurts you when you have 360 and your husband looks you up on um, where you're at. <laughs> get the help as you're going. Yeah. yeah. So that gets the little report at the end says, Angie's arrived at her destination. Top speed. Yes, exactly. Nine, right? Top speed is this. And then so I have two um, drivers learning. So let's just say that that's accountability. Right. Mm hmm. <laughs> Number four, Americans will binge watch an average of seven TV episodes in a single sitting. In a single sitting. Guilty. Mm. That's seven. a lot. Okay, so a if you had seven episodes and each episode was at least 40 to 45 minutes long, that's a lot of TV. Man. Mm -hmm. I, that's a lot of sitting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking like <laughs> frequent snacks and, and bathroom yeah. breaks. All right. All right. I can go with that. Yeah. Uh, number five, nearly a third of the respondents ages 18 to 24 wait less than one second before bypassing a slow walker. Yeah. Mm, I've done it. It's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That's like passing too. 
you know, a slow driver too, I would say. Number six, millennials check their phones on average of eight times when waiting to hear back from someone they've dated. Explain this one, Angie. Well, I would say that (laughs) (laughs) it could also refer to how much we go to our phones when something is out there, like whether you're getting uh, likes from a Facebook post or your Instagram likes or all that. I think it's both, both and it's not just a text. I think I speak on that makes sense on behalf of all millennials that we like to be called Generation Y. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and we want to know why. (laughs) Number seven, last one. When waiting for a table at a restaurant, nearly a quarter of the respondents ages 18 to 24 wait less than one minute before approaching the host again after the wait period has passed. Oh, have you ever done that? That's one thing I have not done. No, I feel like I... I avoid conflict, so I afraid, I'm afraid that that's causing unnecessary conflict for me. <laughs> I yeah. can totally see you in that spot. <laughs> uh, you go, no, just listen, another 15 minutes, it's well, okay. When we, me and Cherise go, I'm like, I don't want to bother him. She's like, that's their job. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel bad. <laughs> right, right. Dustin, why patience? Yeah, I, you know, it's definitely, when, when you asked me a while back to, to speak on this Sunday. It was definitely one that's, it's just been a common theme. I feel like in my own life, there's just been a number of different areas where I've really been challenged and convicted in my own life to be more patient and to understand that patience isn't something that just happens, something that I can just go and grasp and just, if I try harder, just to be more patient. It's something that is, is, we'll probably get into a little bit, but it's something that's produced over time, not overnight. And that's something that I've really had to learn. And especially in the areas that I haven't wanted it to be applied, those are the areas that I need it the most. And I think that's why it's just been so heavy on my mind and my heart. And it's just, it was really more of a message to myself than anything. I was hoping that people could be hopefully challenged and encouraged by it. Well, Dustin, one of the things that I sat there thinking, there's not one person in the room that uh, cannot relate to waiting. And whether it's, you know, a positive wait or a negative, most of us all have to wait for something. And so I I really liked how you opened. And um, one of the things you said is so often, even the church has replaced commitment with convenience. Wow, that that has a lot of uh, thoughts there in a few words. Can you explain that? Yeah, I I think that send more from the thought of, I mean, just even thinking about how much our society has geared uh, things to be faster for our convenience and talked about things like just drive through and Amazon Prime and, you know, ways that we can stream TV. So that has changed our way of thinking, I think, in almost our perception of reality a little bit when it comes to even just the church and spirituality and what that's supposed to look like. And I think we've made it much more consumer-based when we walk into a church than actually coming to and, you know, to worship God. So I, as I think about it for myself, a lot of it has been, okay, what am I, what am I getting out of it? The service is going too long. I don't like this song. This message isn't hitting with me the way that other messages has. So it's a lot of that, like, I want it to be convenient for me versus this is about a commitment. This is about a relationship and in a commitment, you know, that's, it's not easy all the time. It's not always, you know, something that is easy to work through and walk through. So that that's where I guess that thought came from mm-hmm. originally. Yeah, Eric Swan spoke about convenience a couple of weeks ago here. And one thing that that stuck with me <clears throat> was was just that a lot of times um, having 
more that is convenient for us causes anxiety in a lot of different areas because now we've come to expect all of these things to happen so easily and naturally. And, and then when they don't and we have to wait and we have to be patient, um, we just don't default to, you know, knowing how to handle those situations. Absolutely. Uh, Dustin, on Sunday, you mentioned that there's almost always a high price to pay for our inability to wait. And you mentioned that we pay for it in multiple ways. Talk to us about some of those ways. Yeah, so I, I just kind of wrote down just a few, just kind of different examples where I feel like we do, we, we pay for it. I mean, whether it's relationally, professionally, emotionally, physically, or even spiritually. But I think just a few of those that specifically stuck out to me was relationally. You know, I think it's, and we'll probably get into more of this too, but there's probably nothing that tests our patience more than people. I think we've all experienced that before, you know, whether it's waiting for someone in your life to maybe figure some stuff out or, you know, waiting to figure out a situation with somebody. It's just people are not always easy, <laughs> you know, and me definitely included. So I think that's one where if we're not going to be willing to wait, you know, with somebody through a situation, it's going to be it's going to be hard. You know, we're going we're to probably pay for it in one way or another. Um, and then I think even something as simple as like emotionally, we, we look at that with the last year or two, thinking about how important, you know, mental health has been for people and something that hasn't been talked about as much in previous years as it has been recently. That's something that I think we have to be willing to kind of to weigh through and wait on is in understand ourselves a little bit more. And that takes some waiting and some patience too. So those are just a couple of the, of the things um, that, that I've at least just I've been thinking about. I think those are really good thoughts to, to process relationally, professionally, emotionally, physically. But you mentioned even spiritually. <clears throat> so I'm in a group of friends that meet on Wednesday night, small group. And uh, we've been reading the book by Pete Scazzaro, mm -hmm. uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. This last week was on Sabbath. And before we even started, we kind of looked around the room and, and I just said, who do you think does this well? Just sitting around the room and then who do you think does this bad? It was really interesting to get people's perceptions because some someone said, I think you do that well because you're a pastor. And I remember <laughs> while others pointed at me and said, you're probably the worst at this. And, and I thought that was telling because taking time to be patient, to Sabbath, to rest uh, in a very high-paced, convenience-based uh, type of society that we live in, a fast-paced world, Sabbath is hard. Mm -hmm. I think that um, what to, to just go on this idea too, that you said uh, physically and spiritually, and I don't think oftentimes we connect these two, and this goes off of the whole idea of Sabbath, <laughs> that um, I, I don't know if those listeners that if you run or if you work out or if you train, it is really key for rest. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think when we say this whole idea of um, waiting, I think God specifically um, designed rest and waiting from the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And that, yes, he built the Sabbath in for himself to, to just take a moment and to take in everything. And we are just so um, adverse to doing that, just setting back and um, realizing what's one, reflect on the week that we've just had, get ready for the week ahead, and just rest and knowing the moment matters. And I just point that out because I think that's a good connection to why Sabbath, which is a spiritual concept, is so key to physically. Because we also know that if we um, get anxious and if we, like you said too, like the mental health side, it affects us how? Physically too just as much as it does emotionally and relationally with others. So I think um, you asked this question. So 
Why is God making me wait? Yeah, I, that's the question that I felt like I kept coming back to, is, is why in those seasons of waiting, why, why does waiting matter? Why am, I, why am I waiting? Why is God making me wait? And that's whether it was through disappointment, frustration, uh, you know, pain. It, there's just a number of different times and seasons of waiting that I've had personally or with my wife, Sharice, where we've been waiting on, on whatever situation that I've asked that question. And that was kind of the question this week that I was wrestling through as I was kind of trying to put this thing together. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I th- Go ahead, Brent. I think one thing that I really held on to, and we made a social media post about it, um, is the quote that you had in there that sometimes, um, somebody help me with this quote, sometimes um, our biggest regret is oh the hardest yeah, yeah. The, the hardest part about trusting god's timing is wishing that we would have yeah 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 um and so i would say that you know that story that you you brought into with king saul and then king david like <clears throat> just thinking through that how many times i've forced things to happen that the lord might have had better things for me if i would have just waited and sat in his presence and allowed him to presence and allowed him to direct my life in a certain way. Um, but I think that our society tells us you have to make your own success. You have to, you know, you have to do this. You have to do it right now. There's no waiting. If you wait, then somebody else will sweep in and take that opportunity away from you. And so, so much is fed to us that we shouldn't wait. We shouldn't be patient. We should take the bull by the horns and do it ourselves. So that really stuck with me. Yeah. I found it interesting that this this topic came up after the Rooted series, because in that Rooted series, we keep hearing uh, Peter say, hey, listen, don't look at Jesus as being uh, slack in his return, but be patient, mm-hmm. knowing that uh, his return, it, his delay is allowing us to see more people come to Christ. Again, the patient side of things, because we're even saying, listen, where are you, Lord? Why are you not in this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that to uh, to just kind of go into this whole idea, what you answered, why is God making us wait? And then you kind of brought about that it is what you said earlier, just even today. It's something that we can't grasp, we can't get, we can't do, but it's something we gain from the Holy Spirit sure. being at work in our um, our lives. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, looking through, I mean, the passages I used for that was Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. And I think it's so easy as I read through that, and I've read heard that so many times, just to kind of want to skip right over that one in the middle, that, that word patience. and But to realize that that's not something that I can just go out like we've talked about and buy. It's something that has to be produced in me, you know, through the Holy Spirit, and knowing that it's a process. That takes time. And not only does it take t- takes time uh, through a process, but it's it's something that we can be practicing too in different areas of our life, which those aren't easy either. But I think through what the Holy Spirit does in us and then the way that it's practiced and lived out, I think that's how it is developed over time. Something that I've been wrestling with is, you know, my both of my sisters are kind of in, in limbo right now with, with jobs. One of my sisters is a factory worker. I think she's been out of work since um, Christmas. And I think they just found out that... Um, they're not going to go back to work in March like they originally were told. And so they are, my sister and her husband are out of work right now and, and they've been patient, right? They feel as though they've been patient. Um, my sister, Kimmy, who's a guidance counselor in the Goshen school uh, system, uh, works at Chandler elementary. And they were just told that Chandler is now going to convert to 
um, kind of a college and career ready, you know, facility for the high school. And they offered her a position that she's not really in her wheelhouse because legally they do have to <clears throat> offer her position. And, and now she's like in this limbo, like, well, now she has to be patient, right? Um, you know, in Francie, we're, we're dealing with our oldest son, Hutch, is, is kind of struggling right now behaviorally. And um, we're really trying to, to be patient and calm in our discipline and, and, you know, trying to point him in the right directions and, and to, to take him to the side and have conversations and be patient with him in these ways. All that to say, I think that some of the challenges when we hear a message like this are, I, I'm being patient, but it doesn't feel like it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's just me being really vulnerable. Like, I, and I think a lot of people feel that way sometimes like that. It's so, you're right. Like God doesn't always automatically give us the patience. He gives us opportunities to be patient, but we don't like hear us on this. Like that doesn't mean that it's always going to turn out the way that you and your mind think it should. Right. Because even Chris, last week, we talked about some of these scriptures that say God's thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His ways are greater than ours and his days are even numbered differently than ours. And, you know, Brant, I thank you for sharing that because I don't think anyone in this room can say that we haven't struggled and ask the Lord, what do you really have? Where's the reward? Why did I wait for this? I mean, this is Dan and I's like daily struggle sometimes. And I'm going to be really transparent and honest that um, there is definitely a, a big wall that I had to get over this idea that I could produce something in myself because God is always at work doesn't matter. We may not feel he's at work. We may not see he's at work, but he's at work. And his days, his hours, his way of doing things are different than me. And that is just plain good theology of who God is. And I think that's where we begin to struggle with waiting is when we try to understand what God's doing. And, um, I, they're all making fun of me because I brought a book up here into the room. And <laughs> it's a textbook. This, but this book that, um, that I can refer back to helps me understand and reminds me that God's sovereignty is real and that it's so real and that my good theology of his sovereignty not only confronts me, but it comforts me mm-hmm. in that waiting. Because when it confronts me, it confronts me with my my really my selfish nature, my natural self, the things that need to change. And yet it comforts me knowing that he's still working. That's one of my favorite songs that is out there that, you know, even though we don't see it, he's working, even though we don't know it, he's working. And that's like the Waymaker song. And you sing that with the little kids upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I just love hearing them say that because if we can believe this and grow it and have healthy, good theology, this is produced in our hearts in a new way. And we face waiting in a such a different way. Mm. So I'm, I'm, visual and so something that happened even just a couple weeks ago with at our house was Sharice, or Sharice, uh Nora, our daughter was was hungry so she asked if i could make her something and i said what do you want she said i want mac and cheese i said okay so i put some you know the the noodles in the not noodles they're not mac and cheese noodles are they noodles yeah, yeah. Sure, they're, they're noodles, noodles. They're, mm-hmm. they're yep. pasta <laughs> it's in boiling water right the water's boiling so and she's sitting at the table and she's she keeps coming into the room because i wasn't in there and she's like what are you i thought you said you were gonna make mac and cheese i'm like well kiddo i am it's 
you know, the water's, the water's got to boil first, you know? And she goes, oh, well, it's taking so long. I'm like, no, I understand. And she's like, I hate waiting. I said, I know. And so anyways, a few minutes goes by and I go back into the room and I see her eating gummy worms because she's like, it was taking so long. So, uh. and I think part of that struggle, and I've done the same thing where I can't see it being done, but it's actually being done. Like the, there is progress being made, even though that I'm not mm. seeing God at work. So. When I'm not going through a situation, Brand, I'm going back to like what you were suggesting here as you were being vulnerable. You know, I look at like take a job, for example, or for whatever the hope point is at the end. Are we measure everything by attaining that? Mm-hmm. We forget along the way that there's so many lessons in the journey that that come about uh, that we tend to miss, and so the patience is in that journey. And it's in the lessons that are being learned in the journey. So what if at the end of the day, yeah, obviously I need a job because it's it's that process. But what if in that journey you're learning trusting in the Lord, you're learning patience, you're learning faithfulness of God, how he chooses to use others to provide for you, and so on like that. I And, and it's easy for me to sit here and say those things right now because I'm not currently in that. But when I'm currently in it, all I want to do is get to the end. I just want the job. I just want the, I just want this thing to be accomplished or whatever that task is but we miss the journey along the way that is full and rich of life lessons that uh, we would we would regret only getting the job and missing the journey right Mm -hmm. yeah i'll say this the reason i'm here is a result of that patience journey and without getting too much into that um i wouldn't be in this room with you all right now or at the position i am at walking mc without having to be patient and endure some of those trials and, and learn along the way. So thankful for that process. Yeah. I think you said something on Sunday that really kind of struck um, a lot of people and maybe um, made them think that don't waste the waiting. Mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about what that uh, statement means to you. Sure. Yeah. I, I told a story and I, part of the story was that I was driving by a church sign that, that had those four words simply on. It just said, don't waste the waiting. And I'd never really heard it said like that before. And so it, um, it uh, right underneath it was the verse Lamentations 325 that says, the Lord is good to those who wait on him, to the one who seeks after him. And I think so many times in seasons of waiting, I get so frustrated because I feel like I'm, I'm begging, I'm praying, I'm asking, I'm seeking, and there's, there's nothing. And I feel like it is one way communication and what i've learned even after just something as simple as seeing that sign was that i have been i've been so it's been so about me in this in this waiting and not about my relationship with god it's just been about me getting what i want or seeing the thing that i think should happen should be happening now and i shouldn't have to be waiting and so that don't waste the waiting and this whole idea of i don't want to just really just be sitting and waiting for God. I want to be sitting and waiting with God. I want to be experiencing this relationship, allowing him to continue to develop and deepen my trust in him and grow me in ways that maybe I wouldn't be growing otherwise. So, Right. I, I think, too, like you pointed out, how many people in the Bible have been a testimony to God working and having them wait. And um, God didn't waste those waiting years. You know, sometimes I wonder when you think about Noah, that he he waited 120 years for raindrops to fall. I don't know if I could do that. That's a long time. Especially and, being mocked along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Moses waited 80 years to lead his people from slavery to freedom. 
And I, I often, Joseph's story is just, we've, how many times, have you preached on Joseph a lot, Chris? Uh, have you been in attendance, Angie? <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean yeah. is like throughout your whole years yeah, of all your, yeah, I, I mean, do. it's, it's a good story. It's a favorite story. Yeah. And it's a great character development of what he does and how he faces waiting. And, um, it's not just uh, 13 years of, uh, pain and confusion. There's a lot of stuff in there that he yeah. faced mm-hmm. in with relationships Ups and, and downs. And, I mean, huge pendulum swings, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, second in command. Hey, yeah. you know, in charge of a Potiphar's house jail you know it's it's like like all the way around and this is what comes to mind that in the waiting when god's working are we going to get better or are we going to get bitter yeah and are we going to be changed going back to that joseph story though one of the things it says in there consistently is but god was with him yep and and i think you alluded to this too dustin on sunday like god is with us in our waiting Mm -hmm. he doesn't just abandon us but we don't often acknowledge his presence in those moments. I encourage you as a listener to take time to listen to the sermon. You can find it at walkiemc.org and you can check it out on our YouTube channel, walkiemc. And uh, I'd encourage you to take time to listen to it. Guys, as we start to wrap this up, we have about five minutes or so left. Uh, what's your takeaway? What's something you're taking away from the topic of patience, something that you can apply maybe personally into your life? Well, I do think that um, this is something God's continually trying to develop in me. I think I got it at one point, you know, as a mom of twins, I thought I had, you know, no way I was going to live life like um, without having to have patience, but, and God, you know, grew it in me. But then wait, I wasn't quite developed yet. I got to do a little bit more work. And so I think it's an awareness that waiting's never and developing patience and that the Holy Spirit has to be the producer of it in my life. I think I get it. Oh, wait, no, I don't really have it. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's gone. Wait, what happened? And it's just that, it's that realization that the Holy Spirit does it in us. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I'm continuously learning about patience is that it's a lot like suffering in some ways, not that being patient always means suffering, but it that whole saying that you're either coming out of it, in the middle of it, or going into it. And I think that's a lot of the cases with our relationship with patience and being in seasons of waiting. We're either going into one, in one currently, or we're coming out of one. And so just because we get through a season of waiting, we're like, okay, good, that's that's done. Now I can go on to the next. It's like, well, I mean, there might be another one coming at some point. So just allowing what the Holy Spirit has done in us to develop patience, to help hopefully improve maybe our attitude in the next season or how we grow mm-hmm. with Christ in the next season of waiting. It's really good. My takeaway, Dustin, you said that patience in the Greek is a compound word, correct? Mm-hmm. Can you remind us of that real quick? Macro through me. I don't actually know if I'm saying that right, but I feel pretty confident. If you that. say it with confidence, that's, that's, uh, yeah. that's really the key. <laughs> yeah. and, and macro means? Macro meaning long. And then thumos meaning uh, not temperature, but temper, yeah. Or anger, right? yeah, something anger, like something, yeah, yep. <clears throat> when you said that, I, I shared a few podcasts ago that I struggle at times with with anger, and so when you said patience is just kind of like that long endurance of of not becoming angry, essentially, mm-hmm. right? That really challenged me. Um, I I don't know if I've ever looked at patience that way before. And now when I, when I think of it as it's not just something that I, I'm going to get one day, but it's something I have to work towards continuously um, and that there's 
constant moments of, of refining and, and trying uh, my best to be patient, to not get angry, um, and knowing that the Lord, you know, calls us to do this as, as followers of Christ, it, it just really spoke to me. You know, I think uh, as I process this, even through the Rooted series and, and God started working on me with this topic of patience, and then to, to listen to your sermon on Sunday, I think for me, the reminder that patience is not neutral, it's active. Uh, for me, I want to sit on the sidelines and be patient. All right, fine. It's not now. It's I'll, I'll just be here whenever it happens, and I'll set myself on the bench and wait it out. But patience is an action. It's active. You continue to walk this journey, living and learning the, the topic of patience and how to apply it to your life. That's been my takeaway. Uh, am I good at it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, but I think that's, Angie, you said, you know, I haven't arrived. I think this is a topic that is something we are going to continue to need to develop in our lives for generations to come. I think this is a lifelong uh, struggle. And in a, the topic might be different. It might be raising children now, but it might be occupation later. It could be with these people or this group, you know, and I think that's just, just an ongoing thing. Yes, and I want to finish with the scripture that you gave us on Sunday because, you know, you, me, all of us around this table, we struggle with patience, but thank goodness that we have a God mm -hmm. who is patient. And so um, you brought up um, Romans 2.4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin, that he's there waiting for us? He's waiting. We say we have a struggle waiting. He's waiting, and he's patient. I want to thank you for joining us again on this episode. Here's my challenge to you, the listener. As you are getting ready to move on to something next or whatever the next agenda is, I'd encourage you to pause. Just ask the Lord, Lord, what is one area in my life that I need to practice patience this weekend? Here's what I know of the Lord. He'll make it clear to you. You probably already know, just based on the question, oh, I know where I need to be more patient. I challenge you, ask the Lord for help as you begin to walk out this topic of patience. Dustin, good sermon, good week. Thank you all for being a part of this podcast. Uh, to the listener, thank you for tuning in uh, again this week. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. But in the meantime, we wish you all the best, and we wish you grace and peace. Home the podcast is produced by the Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkiemc.org and clicking on the At Home tab. Thanks for listening.